Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. I hope that you are having a fantastic day because it is time for Games with Bill. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me. For those of you that don't know, I record this podcast live on my YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash nerdnest. Hope to see you there next time. If you are here for the first time, thank you very much. And if you've been here for the other episodes, I really do appreciate it. This is episode 701 or something. It doesn't matter. This is another episode of Games with Bill. And I'm recording this on September 1st at 4.30 p.m. where I uh, record every Thursday uh, Games with Bill. And we're going to jump in real quick before we get to the the topics that you all have sent in. And you can set, submit your topics at nerdnest.tv slash submit. But before we get to those topics, I want to do a couple of things off the top, things that just happened today. And I want to get your opinion on them. And I'm going to talk about my opinion on these things at, at, at right after hearing about them. So let's start things off. <laughs> Uh, Microsoft, well, not necessarily Microsoft. I know that Microsoft owns uh, the the brand, but this is from 343. When Halo Infinite was announced, one of the things that they talked about was that they were going to have the return of split-screen co-op campaign. And uh, that was not there at launch. And they said for the last, I don't know, year and a half that it's coming. Don't worry. We're working on it. It's going to be here eventually. Well, it looks like that's not going to happen. And the reason that the, that this is not happening, that we're not going to be getting the split split screen co-op in halo infinite is because they are reallocating their resources in order to better deliver on making halo infinite a better game uh, or a better service is what the word that I would use there. Now, I don't know how I feel about this because I played a hell out of Halo Infinite when it first came out. I thought the campaign was fantastic. I really had fun with it. I played a lot of the multiplayer, um, like just the, you know, get in there with some randoms and shoot each other. I had a lot of fun with that game. And I have no nostalgia for playing Halo as a split split screen co-op game. That being said, I also very much understand that for a majority of Halo fans, not me, split screen co-op is where that game shines. I never played Halo that way because of the first time that I played Halo, I believe was last year when I played the first Halo as part of the Master Chief collection because it was part, included in my uh Game Pass subscription. More on Game Pass in a little bit. Um, so I'm not disappointed by this news, but I can see that this is objectively bad news. Here's the actual uh, wording of it over on uh, Eurogamer. Uh, 343 Industries has shared in its latest development roadmap, um, in order to improve 
and accelerate ongoing live service development and to better address player feedback and quality of life uh, updates, we have reallocated studio resources and are no longer working on local campaign split screen co-op. They said this in a development video. Again, I don't care, but this was like a selling point for Halo Infinite. There's a lot of people who probably bought the campaign because that's the way that they wanted to play. And for them to essentially renege on what they had promised the, you know, the, the, the biggest Halo fans, I think that that's, well, I absolutely think it's the wrong move, but I also think that it is bad business. And I think that it is, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, anti-consumer. I think that it is very much anti-consumer. And I, Look, I've been called a Microsoft shill. I've been called a PlayStation fanboy. I've been called a Stadia hater and a Stadia fan. And I've been called somebody who shills for for Nintendo. And I've been called a Nintendo hater. I've been called all of these things. The reason that I've been called all of these things is because when a company does something that is praiseworthy, I praise them. And when a company does something... That is um, heckle worthy. I don't think that's the word that I'm looking for. Uh, I I call it like I see him, and I, you know, I give him, you know, uh, the I shake my fist at him and tell him this is not how you want to do things. I always am honest with my opinion. Is that opinion always going to be 100 percent um, fair? No, because I'm a human. But in my opinion, this is a huge misstep on Microsoft's part because for the most part, this generation, I've looked at Microsoft and said, they're the ones that are doing things very, very pro-consumer. And I know that while Microsoft doesn't directly control what happens with 343, I do think that they could go in there and put their thumb on the scale and push them and say, you know what? This isn't okay. You guys need to 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 own up to what you are saying because at the end of the day, Microsoft is going to get the blame and 343 isn't as much. And I think that's a huge, huge issue. So I'm already done with that game. I played it a lot. I really had fun with it. But for all of the people who are really looking forward to playing split split screen co-op with their friends, man, I'm so sorry that, uh, that they decided to not hold up their end of the bargain. And I think that they've got to find some way to make it up to the player base or what would even be better. What would be much better is for them to say, you know what? We screwed up. We're so sorry. Um, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and finish it anyway. We're going to get those resources back where they have to go because we want to satisfy our customers. And I feel like it's a bad move on their part. Mr. President Tom in the live chat said, I haven't played Halo since the Xbox 360, I think. But yeah, split screen co-op was the majority of my game time. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for sending in that message, uh, Tom. I, 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 I love interacting with the community. All right. Speaking of Microsoft... Um, For those of you that don't know, Microsoft and PlayStation or Sony, I guess, have been on this rampage of going through and buying up all of the things that they can. 
uh, Microsoft a couple years ago. It might have been long, less time than that. It doesn't matter when. Uh, they had recently picked up ZeniMax Studios, which gave them companies like um, uh, id Software. It gave them companies like... Uh, uh, who does the Elder Scrolls stuff? My brain is not working. Elder Scrolls, Fallout. It gave him those those things, uh, th- those intellectual properties. And uh, that was a huge purchase. And then Microsoft announced that they were picking up uh, Bethesda. Thank you very much, Matt23488 in chat. I could not remember the name of that for some reason. Um, then Microsoft announced, hey, we're going to spend, you think that was a big purchase. We're going to spend like 70 billion that's with a b uh 70 billion dollars to pick up activision blizzard which would give them a whole bunch of other intellectual properties as well and then sony announced hey you know what we're gonna buy uh the the people that make destiny bungie we're gonna buy the people that make destiny um and sony just ended up picking up some other company i can't remember what it was but that's not really what i'm here to talk about today microsoft it felt it felt kind of like a done deal for a little bit because all of the things that you were expecting to happen were happening and Microsoft was like, yeah, this is what's supposed to happen. Uh, but recently, the CMA, which over in Europe is the competition and markets industry, uh, they basically have said, you know what? We need a little more information on this. We're going to recommend that we see more information by going a step further in our investigation of the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, Here's what they had to say. Um, The phase one ruling issued September 1st said that the merger may be expected to result in a substantial lessening of competition within a market or markets in the United Kingdom. As a result, the deal is expected to be referred for an in-depth phase two investigation unless both Microsoft and Activision offer acceptable undertakings to address these competition concerns. Okay, so what do these, what, what kind of things could they do to address that? Well, one way that they could do it is by saying, we're going to guarantee that the intellectual property that we would then possess from this purchase would be available day and date with... Uh, for our competitors, essentially games that we would release on Xbox, we will also release on um, on the PlayStation. Uh, that's one way that they could do it. They could also say that uh, we're not going to be bringing these games to Game Pass because that would give us an unfair advantage. I don't think that that's going to be happening because we saw earlier today, and I didn't grab this as a show notes uh, or for the show notes, uh, but we saw earlier today that games like Diablo and Overwatch, well, Overwatch is a free-to-play game, so that doesn't really count. But games like Diablo would be coming to Game Pass in the future. So I don't think that's going to be happening. Look, I fully expect that Microsoft will continue to bring all of the properties that they own through Activision Blizzard to other platforms and the reason why is because it makes good business sense the reason that they acquire these is not to and this is just my opinion maybe i'm wrong about this but the reason that they acquire these uh, these companies is so that they can bring those ip 
to Game Pass and make the Game Pass subscription more um, not justifiable. What's the word that I'm more attractive to their audience? Not so that they can hold it back from PlayStation. Because if they hold it back from PlayStation, then those are sales that they're going to miss out on. If you are somebody who only has a PlayStation 5, then you wouldn't be able to buy these games from Microsoft, and they would therefore not make as much money. But having them as part of your Game Pass subscription is very, very valuable and attractive, and that's why you want to make that purchase. Is there another way to do it? Absolutely. You could buy these these uh, these IP up and say, ah, it's only on my platform. You guys can't have it. And I don't think that that's going to happen. I feel like both Microsoft and Sony are starting to work towards this, this abandonment of exclusivity because they're bringing their games to PC. So if you don't have an Xbox, then you can still play your Xbox games on your PC. If you don't have a PlayStation, then you can still play your PlayStation games on PC, which is one way of saying it's a really good time to own a PC. Speaking of which, if you don't know, I have a podcast about PC gaming and the Steam Deck. It's called On Deck. If you're watching this in on YouTube, there is a link in the description down below. If you're listening to this, just search for it in your favorite, uh, in your favorite podcast player. Um, anyway, let's move on and talk about... Uh, what everybody had sent in this week, the the the, the main topics that you guys uh, sent in over at nerdnest.tv slash submit. And the first topic comes into us from Seth. Seth says, games that deserve sequels but never got them. I brought this up on your Gamescom live stream and thought that you, it would be a good topic. A few games, uh, a, a few that I have are Dante's Inferno, Viva Pinata, Banjo-Kazooie, it sucks a bit that some games get lost and forgotten, Seth. Uh, Seth, thanks so much for sending that in. Yeah, so we were having a discussion about this because we were watching the opening night live with Jeff Keeley at uh, Gamescom in Cologne, Germany. Uh, we were watching that live here on the YouTube channel, and we were having a blast, and we were just kind of talking about that, and I was like, oh, that's a really good topic. So uh, I am curious what are games that you guys uh, think that deserve sequels but never got them? And I'm going to go ahead and lead off mine, which is Ultima Online. Now, this is going to branch into the second segment in a, in a, in a little bit. Um, Ultima Online was my first experience with an MMO, and I absolutely loved that experience. And then EA ended up buying Origin, and they they did things that I didn't like so much, and so I stopped playing Ultima Online and moved over to EverQuest. But then EA announced Ultima Online 2, and I got really, really excited because I had so much fun in Ultima Online in the original one. Um, and then they, sh they put out this video, and my mind was blown away by what I saw in this video. It was so cool. It, I bet I'm sure that you can still find this video out there somewhere of Ultima Online 2. Uh, it was really compelling stuff. And I was so excited about what that world was going to be because it was so different than what I was playing in EverQuest. Um, I just, I adored that. But then 
EA canceled it. I still I still have never quite forgiven EA for canceling that game. I just loved it so much. Uh, speaking of EA canceling games, uh, uh, Mar- Maracuda, uh, Lucian, sent this in. They said, hey, Bill, Command & Conquer Tiberium was a first-person squad tactical combat game that was going to continue the story after Tiberium Wars. It was canceled by EA in September 2008 because it did not meet EA standards. There's tons of games that have done this in the past where we've we've had these uh, awesome games and then either a sequel never comes out because they never planned on making a sequel or the sequel gets canned because of some reason. Maybe it's a budgetary reason. Maybe it's because the game wasn't good enough. It's perfectly valid for a company to say, you know what, this is kind of garbage and we're not going to ship this because it's going to make us look bad. It's funny when, when companies ship bad games, we, all of us gamers, we get on them and say, how could you possibly ship that game? And then when they cancel games that they say are bad and not up to standard, we all get mad. I'm like, how could you cancel that game? So maybe I have my um, vitriol misplaced when I point it towards EA for canceling Ultima Online. But what are some games that you wish had some sequels? Uh, Sharik in chat says Banjo Kazooie got a couple of sequels, one for N64, two GBA skin off, uh, skin offs, ew, a uh, spin offs, and nuts and bolts on Xbox. I didn't know that. I never, okay, here, here comes everybody getting mad at me for not playing it. I never played Banjo Kazooie, never played it. So, Maybe uh, maybe people can be mad at me for that. Uh, Manuel in chat says Panzer Dragoon. Uh, and they also said Time Splinters, Splinter Cell, and Castlevania. Castlevania, there was like a million sequels for that. Um, uh, President Tom in chat says Kirby Air Ride deserves a sequel. Uh, let me know if you're watching this on YouTube. Let me know in the comment section down below. Or you can at me on Twitter. I am at Run Jump Stomp. I want to know what are games that didn't get sequels that you think deserve sequels or they were unceremoniously canceled. Let me know. All right, let's move on to our second main topic today. And our second main topic today comes into us from not Luigi. I don't know if I believe you. I think you might be Luigi. Uh, they said, I guess Nintendo drop a, um, sorry, I, I guess Nintendo drop a Nintendo Direct every September. What games are you anticipating for them showing off at the Direct? For me, I'm really hoping for a sequel to Super Mario Odyssey, not Luigi. Yeah, um, for those of you that are unaware, there are rumors that we're going to be getting a Nintendo sequel. Uh, we have a, this is coming into us from Video Games Chronicle. They said, a Nintendo Direct presentation focused on Zelda announcements will reportedly be held in September. That's according to GamesBeat managing editor Mike Minotti and Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb, who were speaking on a podcast this week. To be clear, guys, and this is the quote, to be clear, guys, the one thing that we are very, very sure is being announced at this Direct are Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports for the Nintendo Switch. That comes from Minotti. Boy, I got to say, we've been talking about this for a while. Um, back when this show start out this podcast started out as a nintendo podcast it was called nintendo switchcraft um and it 
was that it was Nintendo Switchcraft for about 600 episodes, probably more than that. So, yeah, uh, every year around September, we do have Nintendo Directs. And the the motions that we go through of predicting what's happening at a Nintendo Direct each each time is always, always ridiculous. But um, the Nintendo Direct is something that everybody always gets excited for, myself included. I always like to get excited for the new stuff. And for Nintendo... One of the things, like my favorite game of all time is Breath of the Wild 2, and, or Breath of the Wild. And one of the things that we've been looking for on the Nintendo Switch for a very long time is having all of the Zeldas in one place. And I'm not talking about like the stuff that was on the CDI or whatever, but getting every single mainline Zelda game all in one place is something that I know I've wanted for more than since the Switch came out. And the Switch has been out for five years at this point, um, it's about time. It is about time for us to get every single Zelda and the two that we are missing, if you don't count like some of the weird Game Boy ones, or, or not Game Boy ones, uh, what's one I'm thinking of? Uh, 3DS ones. That would be uh, not Princess. Was it, is it Princess Twilight? Twilight, Prin- Twilight Princess and um, Wind Waker. Now, both of those games have already had remakes, but those remakes were on the Wii U. And we've seen Nintendo do this in the past where they take a game that they put on the Wii U and they re-release it on the Switch. And people are like, why are Nintendo fans okay with all of these re-releases from games that are on the Wii U on the Nintendo Switch? And the reason is it's because most people never had a Wii U. Most people the Nintendo Switch is the console that they've been playing on, and they never even touched the Wii U because the Wii U only sold 14.7 million units worldwide. So even if you had that, you're in the minority of people who have picked up that game on the Wii U. So bringing it to the Nintendo Switch, perfectly fine with me. Will I pick them up? I don't know. But I know a lot of people have wanted to be able to play every Zelda game on the Switch, and that would be really Really good Nintendo Direct. Hey, everybody, we've got uh, next March Breath of the Wild 2 coming out. But while you're waiting for that, why don't you play these two awesome Zelda titles and complete your collection? Speaking of collections, many of us, myself included, assumed that we would get those two games and Skyward Sword as like a a three-pack, kind of like we got with Nintendo's... um, or not Nintendo's, but Mario's 3D All-Stars. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think Nintendo can probably get away with selling those games separately, and that's what they'll probably do, because if we were going to get all three of them as a three-pack, then that would have happened when Skyward Sword came out. Uh, but anyway, I think that it's it's high time for that to happen. People in chat are also talking about uh, Metroid Prime, Will we be getting a new Metroid Prime, or not Not a new Metroid Prime day, uh, game? We know that there's a new Metroid Prime game coming, Metroid Prime 4. They started development on that and then started over, so probably not anytime soon. But maybe we will get the Metroid Prime Trilogy as a remake for Nintendo Switch. I do know that one of the lead devs of the original Metroid Prime games said that getting those games running on non on, on, on the Switch would be a huge ask. We'll see. Uh, We had them on the Wii U. Why couldn't it come to the Switch? I don't know. We'll see. 
Anyway, what games are you hoping to see on the uh, rumored upcoming Nintendo Direct? Let me know. I want to know what you guys think. All right, let's move on to our third main topic today. And our third main topic today comes into us from Bren. They said, Bill, I have been waiting for what seems like ages for Shovel Knight Dig to come out. When Yacht Club Games put out the first Shovel Knight, I was instantly in love. The graphics were, I'm sorry, the graphics and sound brought me back to when I was young and the gameplay was perfectly crafted. I've played every DLC and I've been following Dig closely. Well, it just got a release date and it's on the 23rd. Are you picking up Shovel Knight Dig? Love the show, Bren. Uh, Bren, I have to say, I totally agree. Shovel Knight is an absolute delight. The... If you've never played it, it is a 8-bit style game as if the Nintendo Entertainment System is all that we had. And they just continued putting games out on that. That's what Shovel Knight is. It's an old NES game, but it was made in, in modern times. And it's fantastic. It's one of the first games that I sat down and played from beginning to end in multiplayer with my son. We had a blast with that. And I've played it a bunch of times since. I didn't play all of the DLCs. I struggled every time I tried to play like the Plague Knight stuff. I I I just couldn't get my head around the controls as much. And the same thing with Spectre Knight. And I never even bothered playing King Knight for more than I think an hour. But the original Shovel Knight is just absolutely fantastic. And when they announced Shovel Knight Dig, I was instantly interested. This game is different because it's not a side scroller. It's a vertical scroller. You are constantly digging down deeper and deeper into the ground. And they use the original assets from the the first game. And they kind of bring all of those things together. This comes to us from Polygon in a twist on the original Shovel Knight formula. The Shovel Knight dig is centered around the new mechanic, which sees the eponymous eponymous protagonist. Boy, somebody got a thesaurus uh, using His shovel blade to dig ever downward into new areas in order to progress. Shovel Knight Dig uses a proprietary generation system which stitches together levels on pre-existing assets from the original game into new and increasingly more challenging areas. I think that this game looks fantastic and uh, it comes out this month and I'm very, very excited to pick this one up. Shovel Knight is one of the best platformers I have ever played and one of the best soundtracks of any game that I've ever played if you like chiptunes. The graphics are fantastic, and the the people over at Yacht Club Games have shown 100% that they can be trusted to craft a really good game. So, yes, I'm going to be picking up Shovel Knight, and I'll be playing it. Probably not on my Switch, though. I'll probably be playing that on my Steam Deck instead, uh, just because that's where I like to play games these days. All right. Thank you for sending that in. Let's move on to our fourth uh, main topic today. And this one comes into us from Cloudy Fun. Uh, Nerd Nest, been following since the days of StadiaCast. I've been thinking about getting a Steam Deck, and I think I may hold off. I spent most I'm sorry, I spend most of my gaming time in the cloud, Stadia, GeForce Now, xCloud. And this device looks perfect for me. Are you interested in picking it up? If so, which services are you, will you play on it? Cloudy Fun. Thanks for sending that in, Cloudy. Um, boy, I, I don't know how I feel about this device, honestly. And the reason I don't know how I feel about this device is I don't like the design of it. 
I love the Nintendo Switch. I think the Nintendo Switch is a fantastic console. I almost never play it in portable mode because the way that they laid out the joysticks, in my opinion, is one of the least comfortable devices I have ever used in my life. Most of the time when I play my Nintendo Switch, it is docked with a Pro Controller instead. It's just not comfortable to play in handheld mode for any kind of extended period of time. And I know that you can go out and like buy like these grips, like a satisfy grip or stuff, stuff like that. But Hey, I'm somebody, I don't even use a case on my phone. So I don't like to put that stuff on my devices. It's, and it's, I'm not saying that you shouldn't because if that's what you want to do, then you should do that. I just don't like putting things on my electronics and building like little walls around them. So when I saw the design of this Logitech, uh, the, the leaked design of this Logitech device that is supposed to just play cloud games, and I saw where they put that thumbstick on the right-hand side, it just looks uncomfortable. If you've watched uh, or listened to On Deck, my, my Steam Deck podcast, you know that one of the things that I love about the Steam Deck is how comfortable it is. It's incredibly comfortable. The sticks are at the top, very much like the Wii U. The D-pad and the face buttons are to the left and right of the sticks so that they're just, you naturally will put your your thumbs in those areas. And then the track pads are the ones you have to reach a little bit for the track pads, but I don't really use them for moment-to-moment gameplay. It's more for, you know, utilizing something that I couldn't do otherwise. And I just think it's fantastic. With the Switch, they put the the thumbstick down on the bottom. And the reason that they did this, it makes sense why Nintendo did this. Because you remove the Joy-Cons, you hand one of the Joy-Cons off to a friend, and then turning it sideways, now you both have what's essentially a joystick on the left and face buttons on the right. It makes sense when you're talking about detachable uh, controllers on the side. Then we see all of these other devices copying the Nintendo Switch, and they're copying the Nintendo Switch not because it's good design. They're not doing the same thing that the Switch is. The Switch has the controllers come off, and you hold them sideways. These devices do not. These have attached controllers, and there's no good reason for it to be down on the bottom. Make this device a little tiny bit wider, and put the D-pad and the buttons to the sides instead, and now you've got something that's a little more interesting to me. Another reason that I'm not interested in this is because Tencent's involved. Not because I won't use anything that Tencent is involved in, but for me, personally, I'm just a little wary of everything that they are coming in and buying up, and and, it makes it a little scary. Bill, do you... Um, what's the boycott everything that Tencent does? No, because if I did that, I wouldn't ever be able to play any games because they own like everything right now. Like they have their fingers in every single pie out there essentially. So I I just look, if I'm going to play, I don't like unitaskers. I think I said it on my six months review of the steam deck. I've got all of these little devices for emulation. I don't use them anymore. Why? Because I have the steam deck. The steam deck plays my PC games And it also plays my emulation games. Well, the Steam Deck can also stream games from 
the cloud from Stadia or Xbox. And Microsoft even like gave you a guide on how to set that up. So that's what I'm going to use. I'm not going to go out and buy a separate device that only does cloud stuff when I have the Steam Deck. Now, somebody might say, well, okay, should we get this instead of the Steam Deck because I'm not interested in PC games? Maybe. It depends on the price. Because if this thing costs, say, $300, then for an extra $100, you could just get a deck. If it costs $100, now that's a lot more compelling. But at the same time, you could just get one of those grips that clamps onto your phone. I don't like those because I like my controllers to be attached. You could, though, get one of those, and then you don't have an extra device to have to carry around. So I'm not a fan of that. Uh, Matt22488 in chat says, D-pad placement on Steam Deck is so much better than underneath the left of the joystick. Uh, in your base says, ew, Tencent. Um, let's see, where did that go? I think that's all of them right there. Uh, Geek the Sneak says, I think they'll shoot for 150 to 200 um, Yeah, and again, I think that $100, you got me. Well, you don't got me because I already have a device. But if you don't have a device for $100, I'd say try that out. But if you don't have $100, or, or, or if it's if it's more than that, then, then you got questions to think about. And then another thing that I want to say about this is what's the resolution of that screen? Not because I'm saying that a higher resolution is good, because it's not in this case. If you have a higher resolution then you have to have better Wi-Fi because this is a device that does not have an Ethernet port. I have played a lot of games over the cloud through GeForce Now, through Xbox, through Stadia. I used to do a podcast about Stadia. And Ethernet is always, 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 always a better experience than using Wi-Fi. This is a device that is forced to stay on Wi-Fi. So this needs to have a low-resolution so that you don't have to pump nearly as much data to this device wirelessly. So that's just something else uh, to keep in mind. Mr. President Tom in chat is saying, Retroid Pocket 3 is only $120. Just pick that one up as well. Sure. Uh, I don't know much about the Retroid Pocket 3. I think I saw um, Bob Wolf from Wolf Den tweet something out about that recently. So I'll probably end up watching his video. I always watch his videos because his ads make me laugh. All right. Let's move on to our fifth and final main topic for today. And our fifth and final main topic for today comes into us from Maniac Matt 1782. Uh, this is in response to the Xbox Game Pass friends and family. They said, how will this affect game sharing? I made my Xbox One my primary Xbox so my son can play on his tag and have all of the benefits of Game Pass and my library of games I bought. Will I have to pay extra to do that now. So for those of you that don't know what he's talking about, uh, this comes to us from The Verge. There is a potential leak about Microsoft's upcoming Xbox Game Pass family subscription. Now, we already knew that Microsoft was doing a Game Pass family subscription. They started uh, over in Europe, or actually not just, I can't remember where they started, but they started doing like beta testing in other countries. And I'm sure it's going to come here. But then the branding got leaked and everybody was like, oh, this is very interesting. Here's why people are interested. It's called friends and family, not just Game Pass family. 
Here's why that's interesting. If you share this with, if the friends and family thing comes out to be true, and you share this with people that are not in your family, it seems like maybe Microsoft isn't going to be clamping down on that, which means that you can probably get a bunch of people together to split your subscription with, and you don't have to worry about them coming after you, kind of like where you'll get an email from Netflix saying, hey, I noticed that you have somebody who doesn't live with you using your account. We don't want you to have to do that, and or we don't want to have to raise your price. It would be a shame if we were to raise your price on you, like that kind of thing. Microsoft saying, you know, calling it friends and family is basically telegraphing that you're going to be able to share it with a, a, a bunch of people. I, I, I don't know. I think it's like five different accounts. Now, in my family, we have five people. Or, well, we have more than five people, but we have enough people that are gamers that five is plenty for us to share around. And I wouldn't have extras to be able to pass out. But like, let's say that you're just like a single person. And you're like, oh, I'm looking for people to share this with because maybe it's a better deal. Well, then you can probably get together, find some other friends to share it with instead of just people who live in your household. And I think that that's really cool. Are Am I going to take advantage of it? No, but I'm definitely going to be upgrading my, my Game Pass subscription to the friends and family plan because right now I subscribe to Game Pass uh, Game Pass Ultimate. My son subscribes to Game Pass PC because he has a PC. He doesn't have an Xbox. Well, now he will have all of the stuff that he doesn't have, even though he doesn't have that subscription. So I think that this is is really cool. I sent out a what was it? Uh, that's the wrong thing. I sent out a poll asking all of you what you guys thought about it. I had around eight hundred people voted in the poll so far. And here's the results. If I can just hit the button, where is it? There we go. It says um, Xbox Game Pass friends and family has potentially leaked. What are your thoughts? Uh, 20% said I already subscribed to Game Pass and will upgrade. 32% said I already subscribed to Game Pass and I won't upgrade. 5% said I don't subscribe to Game Pass, will subscribe if true. And 42% said I don't subscribe to Game Pass, this doesn't change anything for me. I just think that those numbers are very, very interesting. I did see some people who were upset that you couldn't share the games that you've purchased with your friends and family. That's not what this is about. This is about sharing your subscription. So basically getting a deal on the subscription to Game Pass. And what that means is all of the Game Pass games would then be available to everybody in that family, even if they don't have an Xbox, because then you could like my son who doesn't have an Xbox, he'd be, he would be able to play those games through Xbox cloud gaming, which essentially has all of the game pass games. So I think that this is a really, really good move, which is a good thing because Microsoft currently has a couple of bad moves uh, under their belts that a lot of people don't like. Uh, let's see if there's anything in here. Uh, Dutch Tiger in chat says, I've got Game Pass. I don't know if I would upgrade. It would depend on the asterisks on, on the service. And yeah, there's always asterisks on the service that you have to you have to pay attention to because sometimes those asterisks uh, are real, real bad. Like it's something that, uh, that can really quickly change your mind. All right. 
That's it for this episode of Games with Bill. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I want to say a quick thank you to the people who have become members uh, over here on the YouTube channel. If you don't know what that is, go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash nerdnest while you're there. Click on that join button. It helps support the show. If you're looking for other ways to support, you can join Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdnest. And uh, join our Discord if you haven't, uh, nerdnest.tv slash Discord. That's it for this episode of Games with Bill. Thank you for hanging out with me. I will see you all on the next one. Stay awesome, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.